All right, so we are back. Episode 33 of The Mads Podcast. I'm Al Siddham, your Matt Siddham. And the Mads got a win this week. <laughs> you sure did against a pretty good Washington Wizards team. Yeah, I was... Uh, not to always bring this back to sports betting, but I did bet on the Mavs that night that they would win, and they won. I was so impressed with myself. <laughs> yeah, it's one of those weird things. I, I read afterwards the Mavericks have beaten the Wizards something like eight years in a row in Washington. Yeah, nine nine years straight. Yeah. Yeah. So, uh, yeah, and you know, it was. I think everybody needed that win for so many reasons. It was. Uh, it really reminded us how good both Dennis Smith Jr. and um, and Harrison Barnes can be. You know, I, I think especially with with Barnes getting off to a slow start. I mean, if for the season that is, he was so efficient that night. He was. You just really saw, like, I mean, I think he'd be a great number three on a championship team. I really stand by that. You know. Well, you think about with the Wizards after watching that Monday night or Tuesday night, would they rather have a max contract for Harrison Barnes or a max contract for Otto Porter Jr.? Yeah, that's a great point. I mean, I like Otto Porter Jr. By the way, I feel like I made this observation during the game. If Dwight Howard and Lionel Richie had a kid, he would look like... (laughs) <laughs> he, would look like, he would look like Otto Porter. Because, the illegitimate uh, child of Dwight Howard and Lionel Richie. Wow. Yeah, okay. yeah. Not that that's even possible um, biologically, but uh, sure. it sure. they just uh, very strange. Not strange. I mean, he's a good-looking guy, but he looks so much like the both of them. It was, it, <laughs> it kind of freaked me out, but uh, I do like him as a player. But you're right. He's not that dynamic. Uh He's got a big body, but essentially he's like a giant J.J. Redick, you know? Yeah, yeah. And and he's still very young. He's got time to develop. But to your point about being you know, the third best on a championship team, if you've got B.O. Wall and you can Harrison Barnes, that seems a whole lot more potent than B.O. Wall and Otto Porter Jr. And maybe in a few years that's not the case. But I think a lot of Wizards fans would, would make that swap. Oh, yeah, I think very easily. And then uh, Dennis Smith Jr. looked amazing all game. was really impressive. Um, 20, 28 and 8 in that yeah. game. Against, yeah. I mean, again, we talked to – I mean, Wall and Beal are two, like, legitimate – Wall was an all-star last year. You know, Beal might be this year. I mean, those are two really good guards. I mean, and, they've been uh, killing – they've been killing everybody yeah. in the league. Yeah. So – I I agree. That was a great win, and you know, it just it just makes you enjoy the Mavs again a little bit. Like you're like, wow, these two players are building blocks for sure. Um, some other points of the game, Sala, Sala came to play that game. <laughs> One of those. Yeah, last year we saw this from time to time from Sala Mesri, where he just have one of those games where he's just making an impact, kind of. Hustling, blocking shots, rebounding, just kind of making plays, and it, it, it's fun to watch. But I honestly sat there thinking to myself, why can't we get this from Nerlens Noel? Yeah, I mean, it's funny because I don't want to harp on it like as a weekly topic. Yeah, 
but it's hard not to. And um, we, I keep coming back to the Roddy Bobois reference because he's the stigma of the crowd wanting him to play and Rick not playing him for his own mysterious reasons <laughs> completely mirror the Bobois situation. Yeah. And in the end, Rick was right. He he just you know, he benched him, he got injured and he benched him, he put into Sean Stevenson and we won a championship. You know, so I can't like I I knew uh I think it's David Moore of the morning news. He doesn't really like uh Rick Carlisle at all. He's always saying how he's overrated and we need to fire him. I love Rick Carlisle, so I'll stand by him and his coaching moves. But um none of it makes sense at this point, you know, to where other than he just doesn't think the guy can play and um and then on Nerland's end he does not respond well to Rick's type of coaching, which is, you know, coaching hard essentially. Yeah, I think that's the tough thing for Mavericks fans is you're watching a team that now is two and ten and you have this young player that is not playing. And I think it's just kind of a mystery as to you know, I guess for for fans just watching, like, why not just run this guy out there? Who cares if he's making mistakes? We're not winning games anyway. Yeah. You know, or, or what are we playing for, really? And I, not that the Mavericks are in kind of active tanking mode, but um, they, they don't even really have to try. Like, they're just not good enough to win a lot of these games. So, um, but, yeah, it, it is it is very odd, but I'm with you. I, I trust Rick Carlisle, and if and if something's not there, if, if Noel's not, not responding to something, because look, I think he had a good coach in, uh, in Philadelphia. Yeah. You know, like, yeah, I, he did. yeah. And, and so like, if, if you got a couple of good coaches and, and he was one and done, I think at Kentucky or maybe two and done, but I think he was hurt one of those years. So, you know, I mean, he, he showed well there, but a lot of guys play well in college, and, and he's a super athletic guy, so he's going to stand out at the college level. But, um, yeah, I mean, if you've got two pretty good NBA coaches who are kind of sitting there and not sure what to do with this guy, I mean, it does start to make you wonder if if, if it's the guy now. Yeah, and there was, a, there was a quote in the paper, or there's a quote on ESPN.com where Rick Carlisle benched him. I don't even know which game it was, and he was like, he was like, you weren't even running hard until I yelled at you. He yelled at it. He yelled at it in Erling. and um, which could very well be true. <laughs> I I just feel like uh, I don't know. I I just feel like there's so much more forgiveness for uh, for Dennis Smith Jr. You know, and there's no margin of error for Nerland which uh, still makes me think it has to do with his contract, you know? Well, but I also wonder, I mean, they got a taste of Noel last year. Yeah. And he played, I mean, he played significantly more, at least it feels that way, uh, yeah, after, after the trade last year. And even a couple times where, you know, his knee situation was keeping him out of the next game. That's how many minutes he had. And Carlisle, I remember, kind of apologized, saying, hey, that's on me. I, I played him too many minutes in that game. But he had a couple, <laughs> you know, great games uh, post-trade last year. So it is odd that – but, again, you wonder if they saw something in that 20 games or something in the offseason 
that now has kind of turned them off a little bit to uh, either what he's about. And you're right, maybe it was the contract situation and how he's handled that. Um, maybe they didn't see enough of him. You know, maybe he came back out of shape after um, after the contract deal. We really don't know. And if you're not there every day, you really you really can't know. But um, yeah, I, I, you're you're right. There's a lot more forgiveness for Dennis Smith, but we haven't. We haven't kind of seen this act before, you know. We're still getting used to Dennis Smith Jr. And a year from now, if he's still making the same mistakes, I'll bet anything that Ricardo will not nearly have nearly as much tolerance for it. Well, I think those are fair hypotheses, but it still doesn't add up with what what else there is on the bench, you know. Because to Rick's credit. He's got two really experienced veteran point cars behind Dennis Smith Jr. that he could lean on. I really don't feel like Rick has that luxury with with the Mavericks. I mean, Salah Mezri had a great game the other day, but, I mean, you can't depend on that, right? No, that, no yeah. not at all. That's the first time they've seen him. That's probably the most he's played, but that's by far yeah. the best he's played this year in 12 games yeah. and I don't even think he's gotten into a lot of games. So yeah. there've been more kind of DNTs on that part. And and the wizards are a bigger team. They play more traditional, you know, Gortat plays a lot. So Mezri's going to have a better matchup there. Yeah. And I know, I know a lot of people don't like uh, Cuban, but um, I do. I like him a lot. I defend him. And, you know, my feeling I I still think this has to do with uh, his agent. And um, I'm wondering if his agent flat out was like, if you don't give him the max next year, he's not resigning. And it just pissed Mark Cuban off. And he was just like, oh, yeah, well, he's not getting the max from anybody about that. And he's just, or we're going to trade him. And I wonder if they're trying to get him so pissed that he signs off on a trade. You know what I mean? Yeah, but then what are you getting? I mean, I guess you only gave away a couple second-round picks to get them, but what right. are you – you know, I don't see – I would think the opposite, that if you're trying to get them out of here in a trade situation, and if he's trying to get a max contract, I would almost think this would work the opposite way in that he'd be working harder and, and trying to play better, and we would run him out there more in an effort to try to get – you know, maybe a serviceable player in some way, shape, or form, or better draft pick, or, or something out of this deal, instead of kind of turning it into another, you know, I don't know, name any number of disgruntled guys who have rolled through here, whether it's, you know, Lamar Odom or Rajon Rondo. And, and we're not to the point with those guys. I mean, those guys were total head cases. I don't know if Noel is that, but I don't see Carlisle taking orders from Cuban about playing time. Um I, I, don't know. I, I don't I don't know if that's how their relationship works, and I'd be really surprised to hear that that's how it does work. But well, I would yeah, I hear you. Mine. It may yeah. be that Noel's not has said has said he's not coming back here. You know, yeah. in some yeah. in some way, shape, or form, and they may just be saying, "All right, well, we're going to cost you about twenty million a year." Yeah, yeah, that's that's how it's feeling like because it just doesn't add up. When uh, I mean, he played six minutes the other night. It's like, uh, <laughs> that's, that's pretty bad. And, you know, Dwight Powell has gotten so much more room for forgiveness, which could be argued is not deserved. 
And um, I I would just, I don't know. I mean, I know Dwight Powell is a good shooter at times, but uh, I still prefer to see um, Noel out there. I just, I don't get it. There's well, something... I think Dwight Powell gets more leeway relative to the expectations of Dwight Powell. Because I think they run Dwight Powell out there, and it's like, all right, let's let's see you catch and shoot a little bit. Uh, we got to get a couple rebounds. We got to, you know, run the floor. So I, I think there's a different set of expectations for Nerland Noel, and when he is overplaying a little bit on defense, and when he's kind of getting himself out of position, or, or kind of doing some of those things that probably drive Rick Carlisle crazy. Yeah, you know, I think that's where it's like, look, just we need you to do what what we need you to do, and when you're not doing those things, you're hurting everybody. Yeah, and I, I just, I guess we just leave it at that because yeah. this is something we could talk about every week. Um, I guess I'm just waiting for that for that week where he plays 25, 30 minutes a game, and we either see it or we don't, or you know, we either see him kick butt or we see him just look terrible you know yeah. it's just it just at least we're all on the same page because the truth is we kind of saw that with uh with Roddy Bilbois you know it was kind of like when he started him everyone was just waiting for him to like take over games and he was kind of terrible and his plus minus was terrible his CER was terrible everything was like huh what's wrong with him and then they're like oh he's injured and right he was out for the whole playoffs, you know? He never played again for the Mavericks. Actually. No, no, yeah. So, no, you're I, right. I, I don't know. I, I, that's, I think Rick would be better off just going that route, you know? It's like, yeah. well, we suck anyways. Let's just, you know, put him out there to shut everybody up, which is what he did with Beauvoir. Yeah, and I think in this case, it's going to be a situation where I think as the losses pile up, that's going to become more and more uh, probable to happen. It, yeah. You get a little bit more of a screw it. Because I think now, it's like the other night, as Salah was playing well and the team was playing well, I think that's just what Carlisle's going with. And I think that's going to be his excuse for the near term. But if you look at the schedule, the next few weeks are going to be pretty tough for the Mavericks to win games unless you get a performance like they did the other night, just something outstanding from, from Smith and, and Barnes. But, uh, yeah, yeah. But, you know, again, if you're sitting there and now you're three and 20 or you're, you know, uh, five and 21 or whatever the record is after, you know, the quarter mark or, or getting close to the halfway mark of the season, I think then it's like, all right, let's not worry so much about trying to climb back into this thing. And, yeah. and worry more about, okay, let's evaluate this guy who's going to be a free agent. Um, and hopefully by then, if the situation's not so far, far gone as far as what he thinks of the franchise, that there's still a chance you can play him, he shows something, and you can salvage that relationship. Yeah, I don't know if there's much salvaging at this point, but I'd still like to see him play. <laughs> yeah, yeah. You know, I, I just... Uh... It, it's almost like you want to know what you're missing, even if he's leaving, you know? I agree. I, that's kind of how I feel. I'm like, well, if, even if he's leaving, if you, if you roll him out there and he kicks butt, there'll be somebody that will trade for him, you know, and he'll accept that trade. They'll yeah. be like, why, why not? Yeah. So, I don't know. It's not adding up. 
Um, the Mavs are two and ten, and got the Cavs tomorrow night. I think. Uh, that would be Saturday night. The Cavaliers. Wow, and they are three days off. Yeah, pretty long break, uh, an unusually long break during the regular season. But yeah, they'll play Cleveland at home on Saturday. Cleveland's been. Um, pretty bad so far this year. They they play at Houston tonight. I think that's probably going to be another loss for the Cavaliers. Yeah, could be. And then um, what other hot takes do we have on these Mavericks? <laughs> you know, I don't know if there's – I hate to say it, but I don't know what more there is to say. It's uh, – you know, you kind of focus on, on a few guys. I mean, uh, I, I like the fact – that, you know, say, you know, the Noel situation is one thing, but I give Carlisle credit for not sort of running Dirk out there in all cases. You know, yeah. we've seen it a couple times this year where Dirk is just sitting out down the stretch and yeah. not out there. And, you know, look, I'd, I'd love for old Dirk to get out there and, and hit some shots, but I think he and Carlisle are both recognizing the situation here and, you know, he, he's not out there. So um, I think that's been a good thing to see. I, I think that's a positive development for the Mavericks and it's allowed some of these guys to kind of step in and make plays and give people a preview of what, you know, life's going to be like now, you know, in the, in the post Dirk years. Yeah, I think that's fair. I, I agree with you too, because uh, some matchups just don't work with Dirk. And, um, yeah, I, I have no issues with it. It's not awkward for me. I think it'd be more awkward if he was out there um, doing the mummy with with just people, you know, because, you know, defenses are focusing on him and getting him in pick-and-roll situations. And, you know, it sucks. It, it sucks to see on some level. So when they call it and they're like, hey, we're running with Sala, that's awesome. Yeah. 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 So uh, with that all said, I mean, let's go with our uh, Around the NBA segment, simply because um, why not, right? (laughs) (laughs) Why not? Why not? Yeah. I agree. I agree. Uh, Golden State keeps rolling as we we wish nothing but ill will on them. Well, I should you, you wish nothing but ill will on them. I'm not nearly as bitter about that situation. And I think they've they've ruined basketball with their front running style, and uh, I, I I I I look forward to something not good happening for that team. And just uh, <laughs> with all due respect. You know, well, okay. I mean, I guess you said with all due respect, so it's hard to be upset. <laughs> That's right. Yeah. Yeah. Kind of, kind of soften the blow there. It did. It did. But, uh, uh, there was a major trade the other day. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Bledsoe leaving the Phoenix Suns, where he pretty much said he didn't want to be there, and going to Milwaukee for Greg Monroe and a couple, couple of picks. Um, yeah. I think it. I think it's a great trade for the Bucks. I agree. They kind of gave up nothing. And, um, you know, Greg Monroe, they've been trying to get rid of. And I don't know how many people caught that they're, the first rounder they gave up has all these protections. And so they probably won't even, if they do pretty well this year, like maybe make it out of the first round, they, um, I don't think they give up their first rounder even. 
So it, it goes now to the it, next year. Yeah, it read as if it's it's a few years before that is a just completely free of convi- you know conditions yeah. uh, first round pick. And by then the Milwaukee Bucks. I mean, I think Milwaukee, even though they're they're like four and six right now, but I think they they should be um, they should be one of the better teams in the East, if not the NBA, by the time that's a that's an unconditional first rounder. Yeah, I definitely see them as a team uh, I'm going to enjoy watching. Uh, just they, I'm definitely rooting for them in the in the East, just because he's got you know Kid and Terry on the team, and then you also have. Uh, Giannis, who everybody loves, and uh, I don't know, it's just a likable team, you know. I agree, yeah. So it's a good team to, it's a fun team to watch. There, you know, I'm kind of surprised by some of the struggles early on, but you know, uh, that's kind of how. I don't know. First ten games of the season, who knows what to expect, but, but hopefully they'll get it together and get into the playoffs again. Yeah, I agree, and then also. Uh, you know, Boston, I think, won their 10th straight uh, last night. They did? Yeah, 10 in a row. Kyrie Irving leading the way. Yeah. So This is, uh, uh, this is what he wanted. He wanted to be kind of the leading man, and he's he's showing well so far. Yeah, they look really good. I, I have to say, even without Hayward, you know, it's really impressive what they've done. Well, yeah, Jalen Brown and Jason Tatum, the two, you know, I think they were both of the third picks in their respective drafts, and uh, those two have both come in and just each have had their own individual awesome games, but just night after night, they seem to be you know, scoring the basketball pretty well, and I think that a lot of people thought the Celtics would lose quite a bit defensively with, with Bradley and uh, Crowder moving on, but they seem to be just as tough defensively. I mean, Marcus Smart is still there, but, um, you know, Aaron Baines in the middle is playing well for them. I thought, uh, I saw a little bit of the game last night against the Lakers and he looked pretty good. Uh, yeah. And even Detroit's doing well. I think they're eight and three or eight, nine and four or something like that. And, eight uh, and three. Yeah. 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 And they, uh, it's funny because how good they're doing, they're still not that likable. They, they remind me of the Celtics last year where it's like, okay, they put it together, but, uh, you know, you still don't think that's the team that's going to bring Detroit back to the, you know, top, top four status. You know what I mean? Like, yeah. it's hard to believe in Reggie Jackson. Right. <laughs> right. Reggie Jackson, Andre Drummond, and whoever Even else they have. Yeah. Right. Yeah. Right. yeah. Tobias Harris. It's, it's, it's not a bad collection of players. I just, you know, I'm actually more intrigued by Orlando. They've been winning as well. And um, shocking, right? Oh, yeah. No, I thought Orlando was going to be pretty bad this year. And uh, Aaron Gordon has been awesome, and he's not just dunking anymore. He's shooting some insane percentage from, you know, behind the arc. And I want to say 43% from behind the arc. Yeah. And um, so he's doing great. And then their rookie, uh, Jonathan Isaac, who I believe was top two or three on the map board. Um, he's probably the only person they would admit that they would have taken over Dennis Smith Jr. Um, he's, he's doing really well too. Vujicic, Vujicic, Vujicic yeah, is yeah. well. 
still doing um, well, and they just got Alfred Payton back. I think he's been injured through the first part of the year. So, well, Payton. if anything's going to derail them, it's that because he's been <laughs> terrible. Yeah, but uh, DJ Augustine, I think, has been their their point guard in Augustine. Just, DJ Augustine. Augustine, Augustine, whatever. It's close, but um, he's he's done pretty well, just kind of running the offense and Frank Vogel, right? Uh, yeah. Impressive, yeah. Yeah, Both no, that's, kinda... a, that's two two very surprising teams there. Yeah, yeah, very impressive. Uh, so yeah, the East has looked really interesting. Um, the Knicks even have been very competitive with Hardaway and Kristaps. So um, I don't know. All that has been a surprise to me. The West um, have not been impressed by many teams in the West. Like Minnesota is disappointing again. I feel. Well, there's they seven got, four. Well, they got blown out by Golden State last night without Durant. I yeah, just felt Golden like Golden State's going to do that at home. I mean, that's not. I don't know. I just they've got a. I mean, if I just thought they matched up well with like Teague, Wiggins, and Butler. Like those three guys can, at the very worst, play adequate defense, right? Um, they should be able to. They've been kind of bad defensively so far. Yeah. Like they yeah. should. I I'm. I think they should get better as the year goes on. If you know, when you've got a guy like Carl Anthony Towns, if, if he's as good defensively as maybe people expect him to be at some point, I think. Uh, I think that's a group that's going to get better. But I think that's the key: is you can only defend so much on the perimeter. I think you could take more chances. Uh, and if you're really good defenders on the perimeter and you've got someone behind you, you're going to be that much better. But, yeah, he hasn't been great, so as a result, they haven't been great defensively. Yeah. yeah. So. And then uh, Houston's been without Chris Paul, but they keep winning. They're doing pretty good. Um, Spurs keep winning despite not having Kawhi. They, they're always interesting. Um the Pelicans still intrigue me. Um, if, if they hold on to Boogie and make the playoffs, I think they would be interesting. But um, I think they're five and five or six and five right now, so they're still six hard. And five, to, yeah. I mean, that's hard to, team to assess. Well, because you see, if you just look at box scores, Cousins and Davis are putting up huge numbers every night. But it's kind huge. of the rest of the yeah. team that it's like, okay, are they going to step up and do anything here to, to help these guys out? Yeah, it was really surprising they couldn't work out an Eric Bledsoe trade because that would have been amazing for uh, that team to just get a really strong guard. I, Drew Holiday, uh, they shouldn't have given him the max. You know, I don't think any other team would have given him the max. But uh, you know, he's no, been that, playing the two a lot. You know, yeah, that seemed like an insane deal at the time, and that's kind of proven proven to be true. <laughs> I mean, that's just, I don't know why you give that guy so much money and uh, yeah, on the court. And again, he's not bad. It's more, you know, I talked earlier about something being relative to expectations. It's really relative to your contract. You know, yeah, I always said like, when Eric Dampier was here on the Mavericks, I think people would have liked him a lot better if he had a reasonable contract. People yeah. were pissed at him because he got paid a lot of money. Yeah, and I think that's true. the same thing with Holiday. It's like he's kind of still the same player, but now that he's getting paid so much money, people just expect him to be uh, more of a franchise guy, and he's just not that guy. Yeah, in a nutshell, you're right. That's true. 
I, uh, and then you got, uh, well, I guess we could look at their rookie of the year watch really quick. Um, as we're running, running a little long on the podcast here, but, uh, I think Lonzo has fallen out of the top three. Right now I've got Ben Simmons, I've got, uh, Dennis Smith Jr. and, uh, I guess Jason Tatum are my top three. What do you, who do you have as your top three rookies? I mean, those three really stand out. Also, uh, Kyle Kuzma, the other rookie in LA. Nah, he's all right. <laughs> I'm not saying he's a long, I'm not saying he's going to be an MVP someday or anything, but that's a guy that's really stood out as someone who first year in the league. And again, maybe it is just, you know, relative to what I expected from a guy like that, but he's been, uh, he's been impressive. Yeah. I mean, he's been good. I think, um, Lonzo is definitely, he's definitely feeling the pressure. Uh, you've got teams coming after him every week because of, uh, because his dad and because of all the uh, praise he's getting or he was getting coming in, I think uh, I think Lonzo's going to be a good player. He, he's going to be an All Star. I just uh, it's just he's not going to be Rookie of the Year. I, I think that's really clear right now. I think it's a it's a two or three man race, and um, Ben Simmons has looked really really impressive. I, I have to say, like I did not expect him. To be this good, uh, Rick Carlisle said something similar uh, a couple weeks ago when they played him. I think he's a clear-cut favorite. I still don't have a lot of faith in him lasting all year, and that's why I, I still like my bet on uh, Dennis Smith Jr. Because uh, I think Jr. is going to get better, and uh, Simmons just may put in too many minutes. You know what I mean? It's possible, yeah. I mean, uh, there's a lot of injury concern, I think, in Philadelphia with him and Embiid and, and what it's going to look like over the course of the season. But, yeah, from what I saw, I mean, he was he looked awesome against the Mavericks. And, yeah. Uh, yeah, I mean, it just whether or not he wins Rookie of the Year, he certainly looks like uh, the most promising uh, of the group right now. Yeah, really smooth, really dominant, uh, in control. Um, and to really all three rookies, that we've pointed out, you could you could say that about all three of them. They 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 don't look like the moment is too big for them. And uh, unfortunately, Lonzo and Marco Fultz have both have both appeared overwhelmed at different times on the court. So uh, that's uh, that's our rookie of the year watch. Uh, lastly, can we bring back the tank ranking? Oh, okay. Yeah, and. Uh, I'm happy to say we're in first place. <laughs> so uh, that's that's pretty exciting. I think uh, it, it's the one fun thing is to get on tankathon.com. We're big fans. And uh, you click on the mock tab. And, uh, you know, we're going to get really familiar with these top five guys. Uh, Michael Porter, Marvin Bagley, Luka Doncic. DeAndre Ayton and Mohamed Bamba. And uh, it's of no coincidence, too, that two of the five players are centers. <laughs> so it uh, <laughs> definitely makes things interesting as we, as we look at the draft coming up. Yeah, and college basketball season starts, uh, I think, this weekend. So you get a chance to, uh, you know, find, find when those guys are playing, and you can, you can watch them throughout the year. 
Yeah, I mean, I'm I'm curious to see Porter in Missouri. Uh, you know, he's a small forward, which we could use. Also, Aiton and Bamba, both centers, Arizona and Texas, respectively. We're not going to see Donkic play. We're going to have to rely on YouTube videos and whatnot. But, um, you know, it's an interesting mix of guys, and, and they all look like, you know, all-star caliber type players, which is exciting. So it's definitely a good draft to have a top top three pick, which is what it's looking like for us. <laughs> That's where we're headed. Yep. Yeah. Yeah. So, you know, and then I think free agency wise, I'm starting to look at like second tier free agents, like uh, maybe a Julius Randall. Uh, he's one that came to mind as I was watching Sports Center this morning. Is like he's going to be a free agent, and if the Lakers do what everyone thinks they're going to do, he's going to be free. And uh he's a pretty good player, you know. I, I don't know what kind of contract he'd demand, but he might end up on the Mavericks, you know. Yeah, he's a Dallas guy. So Yeah, yeah. That would be a that'd be a great get for the Mavericks. I've also really liked his game, but he hasn't quite shown any level of dominance in the NBA. Yeah. I think I think the Lakers' willingness to maybe let him go is because he's been pretty good and, and he can make some plays, but they he hasn't shown anything that necessarily stands out but he's still i mean he's going to be 21 as a free agent something like wow that. that's amazing yeah even if he's 22 i i think that would i'm i'm going to be happy if we end up with a, a second tier free agent like that and a lottery pick i mean that's that's going to make this team look a lot different next year so yeah that should be moving in the right direction for sure yeah so what do we got for the uh week game wise we got the uh, the Cavaliers on Saturdays and a back-to-back. They'll take on Oklahoma City Sunday. Oof. Uh, Tuesday, the Spurs. And then Friday, they've got the T-Wolves. Okay. I think, we, I think we're going to beat the Cavs, actually. Wow. Okay. Yeah. Okay. I think we'll lose the other two, but I do think we're going to beat the Cavs. Yeah. Amazingly, that looks like the most winnable game. <laughs> the defending Eastern Conference champions, the three-time defending Eastern Conference champions. It's like, ah, oh, we could win that one. Yeah. But, yeah. All right. Well, that's going to have to wrap it up this week as I'm picking up Sasha from school. All right. <laughs> All right. Until next week, this is uh, Al Siddham, your Matt Siddham, and this is the Mavs Podcast. Keep sending those tweets to uh, at at the Mavs Podcast, or uh, email us at mavspodcast at gmail.com. All right. We'll see you.